and praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to the house of the Lord tonight. What a great, great presence of the Lord we feel. Amazing worship. Thank God for what I feel in this place tonight. The King of glory can fill whatever place you're in right now. Amen. Amen. He can fill this tabernacle. He can fill your home. He can fill wherever you are right now. And I just want you to stretch your faith toward Him right now. If you would do that, Lord, we love you so very much. We're so thankful, God, for what we know and what we feel. You are all powerful. You're almighty. There's none above you, none beside you. You are God all by yourself. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we love you, Jesus. Praise God. This is something that we haven't said very often in the last month because we have not been in the same room together. But if you would right now in your house, would you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise and bless his name. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. So very thankful for the presence of the Lord. I'm very thankful for the church of the living God. It's a church triumphant. And uh, it's not very often that when you start picking a team to get on, the team you pick, that you pick to be on, you know before you ever join that you're going to win. But that's the way I feel about the kingdom of God. When He chose us and we were born again of the water and the Spirit, we joined a team that's going to win in the end. Amen. We're going tonight. This may seem strange on a Sunday night. But we're going to the book of Daniel. We're going to the book of Daniel. We're going to read from the 12th chapter. I just want to talk to you tonight a little bit. I feel very, very heavy in my spirit tonight. I know that there's a lot going on in the atmosphere. There's a lot going on in the spirit. And uh, the enemy is hard at work in the earth tonight. I told you this morning to be prepared as we get closer and closer to breakthrough that the enemy is going to push harder and harder. And so what we're going to do as the church is push back harder against the powers of darkness. Why? Because we win. We know that. And God is going to be faithful as he has always been. And the church is going to be triumphant as we have always been. And at the end of the day, when the trumpet sounds, we're going to leave this place. Amen. And God is going to do a great work between now and the time of his coming. Well, Pastor, when's he going to come? I don't know. Uh, if he's going to come tonight, I don't know if he's going to come next month. I don't know if he's going to come in a year from now. Uh, for me, the way I feel about it is the sooner the better. But I can tell you this, I believe that his desire is to do a great work before the coming of the Lord. I would give uh, just about anything I have tonight to address what I'm going to preach and teach to you in person. Because I want to convey to you not only what I'm saying, but the spirit of what I'm saying, and I want, to, I want to get this into your hearts and into your spirits. So this may be something that when we get back together, we're going to deal with a little bit more in depth. I'm aware that uh, online ministry has uh, what we call the echo effect. It can always be heard later. Somebody else can pick it up. It may not mean as much to them. But I'm going to talk to you tonight uh, from Daniel 12, which is speaking of the time of trouble. And I want the Lord to help us in this place tonight. So let's just begin at verse number one. And let me deal with a couple of things here. And then uh, uh, we're just going to get into the word. I don't know where this is going to end up, but I feel very, very strongly in the Holy Ghost that this is of God. So we're going to talk about it. And at that time shall Michael, the archangel, shall Michael stand up. 
the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since. There was a nation even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. Now think, think about this, okay? Of what kind of uh, prophetic setting this is. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Sounds like a resurrection to me. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. What I am telling you, Daniel, shut up that book, seal it. Seal the book, even to the time of the end. This is so powerful. Many shall run to and fro. Knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And the one said to the man clothed in linen, which is upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Verse 8, and I heard and I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. Daniel, take what I have shown you. Write it down in a book. Seal the book up until the end of time. And the seal will be opened. And the wicked shall do wickedly, and the wicked shall not understand, but the wise shall understand. Where are we right now in God's timeline? I believe we are the 11th hour church. I believe that we are living in the end days. I believe that the Lord is coming back so quickly. But I don't believe that He's going to come back to this earth without somebody increasing in knowledge knowing what he is speaking, what he's saying. For the word of the Lord said to Daniel that the wicked are not going to understand, but the wise are going to understand exactly what we're doing. So I just want to uh, deal with a couple of things tonight. If you're standing, you may be seated. And I want to talk to you about this time in which we're living in right now. I was praying uh, 
several years ago, and the Lord began to deal with me about the times that were coming, the things that we were going to see. As I look back over some of the things that God spoke to me that I've preached over the last couple of years, it's amazing to me how that I've watched the kingdom of God begin to pull things together and how the word of the Lord unravels and unfolds. But some time ago, I felt like the Lord spoke very plainly to me and said to me while I was reading in the book of Daniel that the day is coming very near, very soon, that I'm going to break the seal on the book. That there are things that are not to be known until the end time church. And I'm going to reveal to the wise, not to the wicked, but to the wise. So I'm saying to you, I believe that in the end time church, in the day, the age of the end time church, that there will be wicked men and wicked women in the earth that will be operating and they won't even know why they're doing what they're doing or what biblical significance or prophetic significance what they're doing has. But that this, in this day and time in which we live, there are going to be men and women who are functioning and operating fully in ministry of the powers of darkness, and they have no clue that they are fully playing into the hand of eternity, what God is going to do. I believe it's going to come to us through political figures. I believe it's going to come to us through world leaders. I think uh, if I could just be slow here for a minute tonight and, and, and deal with some things as we move forward, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what God is going to show us. But I want to tell you that Jesus said he was going to come to us like a thief in the night. He said that he was going to come. As a matter of fact, he told several parables, one of them being about the five wise, five foolish virgins. All of them were anticipating the coming of the bridegroom. But only five of them were wise enough to have enough oil to make it. Why? Because the wise will understand. The wicked will not understand. I want you to notice how end time uh, parabolic story writing is. Jesus is likening the coming of the Son of Man to the coming of the bridegroom. And he said that five were wise and five were foolish. In other words, five were ready and five were not. He said that there would be two grinding at the meal. One would be taken and one would be left. There would be two laying in the bed. One would be taken, one would be left. So what I'm saying to you is it appears to me that there are going to be a lot of people in the end time who in their mind, they feel like they're ready to go. But only the wise will understand. There is a 50% chance, according to the parables of the teaching of Jesus, a 50% chance that somebody's going to get left behind. If five wise and five foolish, listen, they were all virgins. They were all pure. But only five of them were prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. I'm saying to you tonight that I believe there's going to be a lot of surprises on that great and terrible day. I don't just believe that it's going to be the wickedness of men that have, uh, have given themselves a Luciferian doctrine. I don't believe that it's just going to be those that have fallen into the spirit of the Antichrist himself, the man of sin. I don't believe it's just going to be those that have given in to the spirit and the voice of the false prophet. But I believe that there is going to be a shaking even among the pure church, even among the virgin church, the chaste church that has supposedly preserved herself. I believe that in the end time, folks, that God is trying to let us know he means serious, serious business business. 
I don't believe that you're going to make it to heaven by accident. I'm sorry, but I do not believe that you're going to stumble through the pearly gates. I do not believe that you're going to slide in and make it by the hair of your chinny chin chin. I don't believe for one moment that you're just going to accidentally wake up one morning and realize that you finally made it. I believe that if you're going to make it to heaven, it's going to be because you were intentional about every step that you took, every word you spoke, every word you listened to, every word that you compromised with and took part in. I believe that in this hour in which God is separating the wheat from the tare, I believe with all of my heart that God right now is beginning to separate people and the sides are lining up and we're going to have to decide who is on the Lord's side and who is going to stand with the wicked. So I'm preaching to you tonight, he's breaking the seal. I began today to ponder these things and think on them in my heart today and it was as though I saw the hand of God come down in a vision and I saw a book, I saw a great book that had a seal on it and I saw the hand of the Lord, I believe it was the hand of the Lord, come down and reach down to grab the seal and began to remove the seal and as the seal was removed it let me see very quickly that there are things that the end time church is going to have to be mindful of. I don't want this to sound negative whatsoever because we have done our best to get to where we are right now. But you listen to what I'm telling you. I spoke this a few weeks ago and I want to say it again and I'm going to continue to say it. We are coming through this pandemic in the earth. But when we come through this as the church, hear me, there is going to be more that God expects of us than he did on the front side of this. God has given us the opportunity to take every excuse out of our lives for why we don't have time to pray, why we don't have time to read the Word, why we don't have time to study. What I'm saying to you is that before the coming of the Lord, the only reason that people will be ignorant to the coming of the Lord is because they were wicked and did not take the time to see what God was saying. He said, I'm going to, Daniel, I'm going to open up the book. We're going to break the seal on that book at an appointed time. And men will understand that have given themselves to the wisdom of God and the foolish will not understand. Now, church, I want you to hear your pastor tonight. This is a little bit slow. I understand that. But I've got to break this down Gerber style for you and get this way down deep in your spirit. I do not know what the apostolic church was expecting the end time to look like if they thought that we would just dance from our beautiful little church buildings right through the pearly gates and that all would be well. But Jesus spoke to us very deeply to understand that if the first century church was going to be persecuted for their faith, that there was more than likely going to be a persecution of the body of Christ. I do not know what we think it's going to look like, but I can tell you right now that there are going to be some folks that are surprised on judgment day. I do not think for one moment that there are people who are living in a carnal mindset right now that have any clue what's going on in the earth. You hear this preacher when I tell you that if you think this world is in chaos that you can see, the invisible world that you cannot see is in absolute chaos right now. 
the spirit realm. There is a battle that's going on right now. It is a battle between the powers of darkness and the powers of light. I'm telling you that the principalities of our cities, of this nation, of this region right now, that there is a wrestling in the spirit. That's exactly why he told Daniel that Michael is going to stand up. He is the great angel of war. I'm telling you right now, folks, that Michael is on the way. So let me get real with you. Let me talk to you tonight. I wish I could feel your feedback right now. I wish I could talk to you a little bit right now. I wish I could see you eyeball to eyeball. So just suffice it to say I hate this as much as anybody else does. But let me get down in your heart and talk to you for just a minute tonight. Can I tell you that in the 21st century church, the easiest way for us to uh, avoid, avoid persecution, for us to avoid Uh, hate. Jesus said, before they hated you, they hated me. So apparently somebody is going to be hated. I want to tell you the best way, and listen to me very, very closely. I want you to take record of this and hear me out. The best way for us to avoid persecution is to live a life that's not worth persecuting. I doubt anybody's making laps around your living room right now. But I feel like God has got to get a hold of us and help us to understand that there is something going on in the spirit world right now that we've got to get our minds on and our hearts on and our prayer on. You cannot be sensitive to this if you're carnal. If you're carnal, all you see is a virus. All you see is a money coming. All you see is blessing coming to your house. But I'm telling you, God knows how to bless his people. But in the midst of the blessing, we are in the fight of our lives. There is absolutely an intensity in the spirit. If you've been praying, and you know exactly what I'm saying to you. My prayer time has been so strange because I cannot get, I, I pray the tabernacle, I believe, I believe we're praying the tabernacle, we're praying Jesus. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. I believe that when I'm praying the tabernacle, I'm praying Jesus. And I believe that I'm coming to the throne. I believe that with all my heart. But my prayer life over the last few weeks has been so different because I have not been able to get past the altar. Uh, I, I I haven't been able to get past that. I find myself repenting and repenting and repenting. And I'll pray in tongues for a while and then repent for a while. It's like I'm trying to get to that depth. I I enter with praise and worship and then I get to the altar and it's like God is drawing something out of me. You know what he's doing? He is exposing some things to us. In this end time when the book is opened before the coming of the Lord, he said I'm coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. I'm coming back for a church that is without blemish. We had better be repenting right now. Something, 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 something is going to have to shake us. I don't know, man. I, I, please understand me when I tell you. I, I came from uh, a childhood that in the, in the early 80s, uh, there were books written that this is surely the coming of the Lord. 88 reasons why the Lord's coming in 88. Then the next year is 89 reasons why he's coming in 89 because we missed one last year. We missed something that, that we didn't see. I, I read it. I saw it. I, my, my mom and dad 
uh, and I were actually out west in California when that book hit. And man, they were laying in every driveway. Churches were, were buying them by the bundles and taking them to people. 88 reasons. But listen to me. Here's what has happened. People have become so desensitized. And I'm not just talking about people in the world. I'm talking about the church age. We have become so desensitized to what the end time is going to look like. Understand me when I tell you that the church was never, ever, 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 ever meant to just merge in with society and become one with governmental powers. We were never, ever meant to just go along with the flow, go along to get along and be a part. We have always been called to be a separated people from the pack. And what I I believe the end time is going to look like is a bunch of people that are blind and caught off guard and saying, oh, oh, be careful. It's just a virus. It's not just a virus. It is the spirit world that is at work right now and trying to blind the church and desensitize the church. I know we're all a bunch of conspiracy theorists that believe the powers of darkness are working in the earth right now. See, there's a lot of folks that are waiting for the antichrist to be revealed before we start preaching the coming of the Lord is imminent, that the return of Christ is imminent. So let me just go ahead and set the record straight. Antichrist is already in the earth right now. It may not be the Antichrist, the man of sin, but it was John who said that the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth right now and it's already working and it's been working for 2,000 years. I don't know how deep to go with all this tonight, but I'm just going to jump out here and talk to you because the seal is being taken off of the book. I'm fixing to take you into some deep places right now and people are just trying to make this a political thing, but you listen to what I'm telling you and I, I'm going to do my best to get through this without making you drown in the deep end of the pool. But there is something about spiritual authority and spiritual power and the way that the powers of darkness work. Throughout the word, we find a principle coming all the way back to Molech, coming all the way back to the worship of Baal. We come to an understanding that wherever innocent blood is, is shed, that whatever name that blood is shed in, it gives dominance to the spirit in which it was offered to. So stay very closely with me right here. This is the power of sacrifice. Where blood sacrifice was given, it would have to be an innocent lamb. It had to be a lamb that was without spot or without wrinkle. Why? Because that gives authority to the spirit in which it was offered. And so whenever innocent blood is spilled on the ground, it allows principalities to take spiritual authority. People look at this and say, oh, if it wasn't just for abortion, people wouldn't have any political leg to stand on. That is an absolute lie from the pits of hell. This is not about Democrats and it's not about Republicans. It is absolutely about spirits fighting over territories and trying to take ground. That's why, while the church has been out of the building, that abortion clinics have still been open and people have said that it's a choice. You listen to what I'm telling you. I'm exposed the powers of darkness tonight and I'm telling you that while the enemy has tried to keep the church isolated he's been buying ground he's been buying ground he's been trying to buy ground ground that your churches have fought for ground that our people have prayed for and while we've been locked out he's been buying up ground while innocent blood is spilled into the earth I'm declaring to you tonight it is time for a revolt against the powers of darkness we are coming back for our territory we are coming back for what the enemy has done this is not about politics it's about Jesus coming 
foolishness. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. And people are buying into it. I know people right now that absolutely hate one another's guts over politics. They'll fuss and they'll fight and they'll act foolish, act like a bunch of little kids. And all the time while they're fighting, the enemy is buying ground with the blood of innocent children. I'm telling you, we've got to stand up in this hour and declare, I don't care who they are. I don't care what they've got in front of their name. They are not going to be the salvation of the church if we want to take back territories we've got to tap in to the spirit and pray in the spirit and fast and stay committed to this if we're going to take ground back all we've got to do is sit down shut up and not say anything if we don't want to be persecuted that's all we've got to do I read a book, and I, I, I highly recommend it. It's like any other book. You've got you've to eat some of the, the meat and throw out the bones. But I spent the first two chapters of the book laying in my bed weeping from a man that is not apostolic. I think I know what his background is as far as religion is concerned. But the, the man's name is Matt Walsh. The book is called Church of Cowards. I highly recommend it to anybody that has the guts to read it. He opens up by saying... Uh, in the first chapter, and I won't give it all away to you, but he opens up by saying that let's just say persecution really happens and that people come from another land, let's just say from Europe, and they arrive over here and they put a militia together and they've heard about this powerful church and they get over here to persecute the church and tear up the church. But the first church they come to, to tear up the church and to murder people and to kill them for the name of Jesus and for their faith when they walk in to the church... The doors are locked. There's nobody there. Come all this way to persecute the church and come in. And nobody's willing to fight for the name. Nobody's willing to fight. Isn't it something in this time right now of separation? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it so funny how the, the enemy has used the body of Christ to fight against each other? It's unbelievable. It blows my mind how the enemy is working in us and we don't even know. It's like, I've got to be the one leading. I've got to be the one that's right. I'm telling you right now, the only thing that is right is this word right here. And we're going to stand on this word and we're going to declare it. I'm saying in the name of Jesus, hear me, in the name of Jesus, over the next several days, I'm calling for this. I preached this a few months ago and I felt it strong then, but I really felt it this week. And I felt that I called it forth in prayer and now I'm calling it publicly tonight. Let the God who is God answer by fire. If our God is God, then let him answer by fire. I'm telling you, I refuse to be made a fool while I'm standing on this holy, sacred, righteous book. Jesus is coming and he's not coming back for a bunch of weak need jelly back people we've got to buy into this you've got to love it with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength I'm gonna slow down because I'm gonna talk to you I have no clue how long I've been preaching so I don't know if that means you're welcome or I'm sorry I'm telling you right now church no matter what anybody else believes, I'm not saying that I've got to be right and everybody else is going to be wrong. I'm just telling you what I felt right now. I feel like we're about to have an answer by fire moment. I feel like God is about to answer by fire. I feel like he's starting to answer right now. But I believe it's going to be very, very public. And I believe that the false prophets are going to be revealed. And I believe that the prophets of God are going to be revealed. After 400 years of silence, biblical silence, 
the next thing that we see is the angel of the Lord coming to Zechariah and saying, your wife's going to have a child. He was a prophetic voice that was a forerunner of the coming of the Messiah. What God is doing right now, I'm sorry if you disagree with this, and I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feeling, but we have been a generation of people that have not only rejected the prophetic, we have killed the prophetic. And it's been a generation of prophetic silence. We have called prophets false prophets because they've said things that we disagreed with and it didn't come to pass. Well, it wasn't because they missed God. In a, I'm not saying there hadn't been false prophets, but I'm saying that we haven't kept our end of the bargain. God doesn't just speak a word to us and then when we go contrary to the word of God, he's still got to keep his word. That's not how the prophetic works. But we have killed prophets and slain. I ain't going to have them in my church. Well, that's probably why we don't have the gifts of the Spirit. What we need before the coming of the Lord is we need a prophetic voice. Some voice says we need some seers that can see in the Spirit. We need some people that can prophesy. This comes as a compound word that comes together. Pro means before. Probe. Prophesy. To, 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 uh, uh, to the second part of that word, you got prophecy. And the second part of that word in the original context of the Greek language simply means to speak. So in other words, the word prophesy means to speak before it happens. And so what we've got right now is a bunch of post-fasy, a bunch of people that look back on prophecies and talk about it. We need somebody that can step up and say, hey, there's one that's coming after me. It's a prophecy. It's something that's getting ready to happen. I believe that just as it was at the coming of the Messiah, that there is going to be a prophetic voice that's raised up in this generation that will say, prepare you the way of the Lord. Repent. Get it right. Jesus is coming. I, I, I'm struggling tonight to get this through a camera. I want to talk to you and tell you we better get ready. 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 Get ready. Get your house in order. Get your family ready. Get, get prayed up. Get stayed up. Get fasted up. Get in the word. I'm going to talk to you right now. Nobody wants to listen to what I'm telling you, but let's just get real. I've been preaching for years that there's going to come a day in the good old United States of America where they're going to say, you can't meet in your church anymore the way that you want to meet. How do you know that, Pastor? Because that's exactly what happened in the first century. That is exactly what happened in the first century. And when they could not contain them, finally they had them start meeting in places of idolatry, in houses that were absolutely not built for the one true living God. And they said, since we can't beat them, we'll contain them. But now the problem is, the problem is, is that the authority that the first century church walked in, we don't have to walk in that anymore. We don't know a preacher right now that in the last 25 years has had to walk in true persecution. I'm not talking about church splits. I'm not talking about people talking bad about you. I'm not talking about people taking away your tithing fund. I'm talking about true persecution. We don't know what it's like to have to keep our faith and preach through persecution. We don't have a clue what it's like to have to stand up and somebody say, you stop preaching or you go to jail. You stop preaching or we're going to kill you. We don't have a clue what that's about, but I can tell you this. If we don't preach anything worth persecuting, we don't have to worry about being persecuted. I was here, I think it was this morning, I believe it was this morning, and I made, I made a statement, and I'll stand by it. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm sick of social media. Yeah. I'm absolutely sick and tired of social media. Yeah. Yes, it's helped us get through this, but I'm, I'm sick of social media. I cannot imagine what Facebook would have looked like 
if they'd had Facebook while the Apostle Paul was preaching. Can you imagine, honest to God, what it would have looked like? Can I, can, can, I, can I talk to you just a little bit tonight? Can I get down where you're living? Can I get down in your heart? There's going to be a lot of people surprised because we're looking at this. Oh, oh no, there, nobody's out against the church. No, no, there's no way. There's nobody coming out against the church. There's nobody that's going to come against the church right now. We're trying to kill a virus. Well, you just keep on believing that. Go ahead, ostrich, bury your head in the sand. Go ahead and hide. I'm telling you right now, Jesus is wrapping this thing up. He's about to come back. And there's going to be some people who have been foolish and wicked and they're not going to see the signs when the seal is broken. I mentioned it this morning and I'm going to mention it again tonight and I'm going to keep on preaching it. I'm just telling you, church, I want you to hear me, hear me well. I feel like that if we're not careful... We are going to become so camouflaged with this world system and structure. It is, an, it is an ideology that shifts our mindset away from the true, real Savior and starts getting us to look at world powers to be a Savior. This is exactly what the end-time church looked like to every end-time prophet when he said they're going to line up with a structure and line up with a system and line up with governments and God is going to send a man that's going to be a world leader and he is going to be the Antichrist and this thing's going to get wrapped up and he's going to get his power from the beast, that Pergamos, that's going to raise this up. Listen, I'm not going to get into all the end-time prophecy. What I'm saying to you is we're going to be stinking shocked when we get to the coming of the Lord and say, oh, I didn't... I just didn't see that coming. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't see it coming. Oh, all these crazy conspiracy theorists out here saying that this means that the, the coming of the Lord is so soon. Well, I guess my great-grandfather was a conspiracy theorist too. I guess my grandfather was a conspiracy theorist. I guess my, my father's a conspiracy theorist. I guess we are because what I see in the book is that when men's hearts start failing them for fear, for fear, for fear, for fear. Not, not that somebody's killed them, for fear. Their hearts failing for fear. Do you understand that our nation was not locked down for a virus? We were locked down for the projection of what a virus would do. The real truth is what we're, what we're getting ready supposedly to, uh, to unlock now and go back out. The virus is actually worse right now than it was when our nation was shut down in three days' time. It was all on projected numbers. Well, let me tell you something that's not projected. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for a church that's bold and courageous and that has stood in the face of adversity. That's not projected. So, as I was saying before I was so crazily interrupted, I wish y'all could feel what I feel here tonight. I hope you do, man. I hope you feel it. I hope you feel it in your house right now. I hope you feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope something rises up in you tonight that you just can't sit there anymore. You got to stand up and declare the goodness of the Lord. What I'm saying to you is, what I mentioned this morning, we've got to quit twisting Scripture to an American perspective. I, I, I talked to a a man of God the other day that I respect so highly. And he said to me, he, he, had, he had stepped out by faith and was doing some things, and, uh, putting some words of encouragement out, some videos, and helping people get through this time, this pandemic. And 
There's an online, I wish I could just call it out tonight. There's an online preacher forum that should, it should be full of preachers that are full of the Holy Ghost, but instead it's full of preachers that preach against gossip and then get on there and gossip. And they were on there talking about this preacher and saying he, his, his, his advice is unsolicited and uninvited. He's trying to pastor everybody else's saints. Well, somebody's going to have to pastor people's saints. Somebody's going to have to step up and say it because when the world starts crying out and the church starts crying out the same thing and our cadence sounds just like the world, just merge in, just be a part of it, just do what they're doing. My God, who in the world is going to step up and declare, we are not like this world we're not. We're not. I have friends tonight, dear friends, that I've grown up with, that if their true intention for why they're, why they're in the nation they're in, if, they're, if their true intent were to be revealed tonight, there's a good chance that before the sun was to set or to rise wherever they are right now, that they would be decapitated or shot in the head or their, head, their, 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 their hands cut off, their uh, their, their families killed in front of them. Why? Oh, well, because we just, we, we just need to jump in and, and obey whatever, uh, whatever our government says. That's, that's just exactly what we need to do. Why do we have a missions program? Why in the world are we sending missionaries around the world? Well, because people need to know. Yes, they need to know. I understand that. But listen to what pastor's telling you tonight. We have got to be courageous and be bold. I'm not talking about being defiant. I'm not talking about being arrogant. You start getting arrogant, then, then you're going to fall down. And when you start calling for fire, the fire's going to consume you. God don't mess with arrogant spirits. And that's why some of these people are having such a problem with this. It's because it doesn't glorify them. It doesn't increase their tithe base. We have got to get to the place where we realize we are not in competition with one another. We are the body of Christ, and we are standing and preaching and declaring that the kingdom of God is just about ready to be birthed in the earth, and the Lord is coming back. Mm. I wish I could tell how, un how uneasy you were right now because then I'd know how long I can keep preaching. <clears throat> Some time ago, I was preaching a conference and I made reference to John 3, 5, basically, that except the man be born again of water and spirit. And I began to preach about the power of coming into covenant with God. Do you know that there were men that stood against, I, they, I mean, I don't think they were standing against me. They didn't like what I was saying, apparently. But all I was preaching is that you've got to be born again if you're going to be in the kingdom. If you're going to see your end or heaven, that's, that's certainly not Pentecostal rhetoric. That's the words of Jesus to Nicodemus. If you want to see heaven, if you want to get to heaven, you've got to be born again of water and spirit. And there were men saying that we're making it way, way, way too hard to come to Jesus. I think therein lies the problem that I see from center to circumference right now in the church world. We are presenting a lifestyle to people that does not cost anything and then wonder why we're blind to the signs of the times when the book and the seal is broken on the book and God begins to reveal this. I think it's funny that people rejoice about archangels descending from heaven with the Lord and Michael standing up in the book of Daniel 
And then we'll get up in our churches and talk about we don't need supernatural. Well, if we don't need supernatural, it's probably because we've been killing prophetic voices. And Daniel was a prophet. He was a prophet that spoke of things to come. But here is where I want to take you right now. And this is what I think, is what I think what we're seeing. God placed Daniel in a system, in a governmental system, that he did not fit in with. Daniel was locked into a system of Babylonian leadership where they told him, Daniel, do not pray. So Daniel got scared. And Daniel just quit praying. Maybe you read a different Bible than I did. Daniel, in the face of a verse, not only did he pray, he prayed with an open window. This is symbolic of something. David prayed in a window, not just because he wanted to turn towards Jerusalem and pray out of Babylon. No, sir, no, ma'am. The reason why David prayed out a window is because he was not ashamed to pray to his God while the rest of the world created their godless system in Babylon. Daniel bowed his knee three times a day, and he prayed against a system that was coming. But here's here's what happened, and you write this down. I'm going to prophesy to you right now in Jesus' name. For a man that refused, understand this, a man that refused to go along with the governmental system of Babylon and he prayed in that window, God raised him up and caused the wicked to have to call on him to interpret their dreams. You want to get favor with the king? Then stand up against the world system that's telling you to quit praying and telling you to quit serving God. And eventually they're going to need the church. Three Hebrew boys, same exact world system, said to them, bow when everybody else is bowed. I'm sure glad they didn't, aren't you? Because the Son of Man was revealed. The problem is that we want the true God to be revealed, but we sure, we sure don't want to have to go through any fire, and we sure don't want to be uh, in, in a lion's pit. Man, we don't want to be in no lion's den. But here is something that I feel like we've got to understand is that because David was so different to the Babylonian culture and the Babylonian system, his prophetic gift to be able to interpret prophecy, to speak before it happened, the prophecy, the prophetic gift that was within Daniel, it was a unique ability that Daniel had. He could speak of things in the past, and he could speak of things that were to come. It was post and prophetic. He had the ability to speak like that. But what was so amazing is that Daniel became a prophetic voice to the wicked. Think about this. The very system that tried to destroy him required his spiritual sensitivity when they started having dreams. What are we going to do if we cower down and stop being the church in this hour when the world starts having dreams about the end time and they need somebody, but they knock on our door and we're too afraid to pray because the king said, stop praying. I don't know tonight how exactly to get this in the hearts of people, but I'm telling you this, I refuse to go into the coming of the Lord and be surprised by every wind that blows. I refuse to come before the coming of the Lord and, and for me to just completely lose my way and go along and, and, and just act like a little lamb that's being led around. Whatever they say, whatever they do, oh my goodness, let's just, let's just go along and get along. I'm sorry, I can't do that. We have, we have been called by God to stand up and rise up to a different occasion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but, 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 but pastor, listen, yeah, listen, we're, we're in America, man. This is, this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Who are you trying to fool right now? 
The land of the free? Yeah. The land of the free? I haven't felt free for 40 days. It's not, it's not freedom. It's a different kind of world that we're living in right now. We are in a different world. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just telling you. We are living in a different world. And if you don't think this has had an effect on the church, you are sorely mistaken. But what God is about to do is he is going to wrap this thing up and he is going to get the glory and there is going to be a glorious church that is presented. So I'm speaking right now to the spirit world and I'm speaking right now to the spirits of my city and I'm speaking to the demonic powers and I'm telling you that your ride is about to come to an end. I am calling forth prodigals in the name of Jesus. I am asking heaven to release angelic forces in the earth. I am asking God right now tonight to begin to answer by fire and to send angels to the streets of this city. I am asking God to send angels to the homes of prodigals. We will not come out of this thing defeated but we are going to be wise and we are going to see what's in the book I wish y'all could feel me right now and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth listen to this He don't stand for everybody. He stands for the children of my people. Michael only stands up for people that are the people of God. And he only shows up in a time of trouble. If we are living in this hour and don't feel like this is trouble, that we're in the time of trouble then don't be calling for Michael to stand up for you when you finally wake up and realize that the hordes of hell have been marching while the apostolic church has been silencing herself. It is time that we stand up and declare that we are the children of God, that Jesus is coming back. It is time for us to get busy. It is time for us to stop hiding behind our apostolic hierarchies and organizational boundaries and what this superintendent says and that superintendent says. I want to know what Jesus says. I want to know what's in the book. Several years ago, I know I'm talking to you tonight a lot about prophetic stuff and visions and all that. If that's too much for you, you can sign off. I'm just telling you, it happened often. I think we're, I think we're missing it because the New Testament church that I read about, they had angels, they had visitations, they had trances, they had slain in the spirit, in the body, out of the body, whether or not, I don't know. I, I know we quote Paul and everything else, but that, that part we don't really like. So several years ago, I had a vision. And I was standing on a, on a mountain looking across this little valley. It was like a little town, but every building in the valley was the exact same thing. It was a little white lap sided church building. And I was looking across the valley. And as I looked across the valley at all of those churches, all of a sudden, a great rain came across that valley. And I began to watch one by one as individual churches, and there was no specific order to it whatsoever. None whatsoever. 
But I began to watch as individual churches, one after the other, one here, then one over there, one here, then one over there, that right over the top of that building, the rain would stop raining everywhere else, but it would stop over a building. It would stop over that particular church. And instantly, simultaneously almost, when the rain stopped over the building, plywood went over the doors and the windows. God closed the doors of the churches that weren't ready to receive the rain. I wrestled with that for months and months trying to make sense because I woke up feeling so very desperate saying, God, please don't let me be one of those churches. And I felt like the Lord said to me way back then, and I've kept this down deep in my heart, shared it with only very few people. But I believe the Lord was showing me then this is a vision of what the end time church is going to look like. They're all going to say we're the same. They're all going to say we look exactly the same. We all, we all believe the same thing. But there is going to be a difference. One is going to be ready for the latter rain that's being poured out. And the other that cannot receive what I'm going to do in the end time, I will, whether physically or spiritually, I will close them down. I will shut them out. And they will not receive the latter rain. We can all dance about the latter being greater than the former. But if you're not prepared to be in the latter rain when it comes on the earth, you're never going to receive it. This is something that I feel like God is trying to wake us up to see. I feel like God is trying to wake us up as the church. Listen, I've heard all the negative I want to hear. If you're a pastor and you're watching this, if you have only met online, if you have preached in the parking lot, uh, I, I saw one pastor in California, bless his heart, he got up and preached on the, on the roof of his church. Pastor, uh, pastor Young in uh, California, he preached up in a, a big scissor lift. And uh, Brother Carpenter preached on uh, a big scissor lift in their part. Listen, whatever you've done, God bless you, man. We've, we've all just tried to make it through this thing. It's been terrible. It's been, it's been one of the most difficult things. I have literally grieved over our church not being together, not being able to get our hands uh, on, on our church family and, and pray with them and preach to them. But if you think for one moment that when these church doors open, I'm going to be content to preach to church folks every week. You have lost your mind. I don't want the church doors to open just so church people can get here. I'm telling you that the world, church here pastor tonight, the world is waking up sadly before some of the church is waking up. The world is waking up and seeing it. I was so convicted that people of the world are calling things sin that the church won't even preach against anymore. I have been so shaken that people that have backslid and have been far from God have said, Oh, Brother St. Clair, there is so much more to this than a virus. There's something going on in the spirit. Hear me tonight. We've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. We cannot be an internet church forever. We cannot be an outside church forever. We've got to be the church I thank God for every effort you've made and you don't have to believe me but I'm telling you I've prayed for you I have prayed over you that God would bless every effort because I feel like this virus came in and caught us off guard I really do I feel like this whole thing came in and swept us off guard and people felt like we got to just shut down shut down shut down shut down and in less than three days our entire nation was shut down I believe that it caught us off guard but in the last 40 days, there, there have been some people, and I don't, find that, I don't find that at all, at all, a coincidence that over the last 40 days, there has been an awakening in the earth. 
People are beginning to read things and hear things in the Spirit. There, there are people that are beginning to see things in the Scripture that you have never seen before. You know why? Because the seal is being broken. And God is about to invite us into places that we've never been to before. We're going to walk in revelation that we have never seen before. And this one God, Jesus' name, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled church, is going to march triumphantly into the end times. I'm tired of us devouring one another. I have asked you for this several times, and I'm asking you, First Pentecostal Church family that I love so very much, please don't get involved in all of these online squibbles and squabbles. Please, 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 please don't attach your name or my name to anything that's going on uh, on, on social media right now. I, I'm not in the fighting business. If you've got something to say, let's take it to the prayer room that you've got in your house. Make war for that thing and let's pray for this. But we had better wake up and we had better realize that we have marched into a whole new dispensation of time. This is, a, this is a whole different time than it was 40 days ago when all this stuff started. God is waking us up, and we're going to have to walk to a new level of, of relationship. We're going to have to walk to a new level of accountability. When we come through this thing, God's bringing us through. He's going to do it. But I'm going to step out and say this tonight. I'm going to say this, and I don't mind going on public record of saying this. I believe that we are getting ready to see our church doors open and we're going to walk into one more, one more season of opportunity for end-time revival. Don't have to believe this, but do some research if you want to. You think COVID-19 is bad, and it's been pretty bad. They are already working right now behind the scenes on a COVID-20 pandemic. We're going to have a short window to work. And we are not going to be able to just come to church and do business as usual. We have got to begin to pray that God will open our eyes that we can clearly see, not through the eyes of the government, but through the eyes of our Creator, through the eyes of the Spirit, what God is trying to do in the earth right now. I'm calling for our church family. First Pentecostal Church, hear me. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up your sensitivity in prayer. Wake up your sensitivity in the Spirit. Get in the Word of God. Let's start studying this thing. Let's start looking at this. This is the first of many, many, many viral type pandemics that are going to come to us. And there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be revealed. But I believe the most important thing that's being revealed right now is what we as the church of the living God are made of. And are we going to be the resilient bride of Christ that is going to, that God is going to come back for and redeem for himself and take back? Are we going to sit back and allow the systems of this world to mold what we are? As I was praying about this this week, and I'm closing, if, if music wants to play or whatever, that'd be all right with me. But I just want to tell you, this week I was praying, and all of a sudden I saw a scripture come to me that I had, I had never really thought of in this light before. But I want to read this to you if I can. I want to read this to you if I can. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we always use this scripture when we're talking about holiness, separation. Never, ever, ever did I think about it in these terms until I was praying this week. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Be ye not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to be sharp and aware if you're going to prove the will of God in the end time church. We cannot conform to the ideologies of Babylon just because Babylon pushes against us. Hear me tonight, church. Please. I'm not looking for good preaching points. We've got to quit using the scriptures just, oh, that'll preach. That's good preaching. That, that'll preach right there. That's what we need. We need good preaching. We've had good preaching. We need a revival to sweep our land. We need an awakening. We need people to rise up out of the ashes of chaos and to declare this is our season. This is our day. We are going to see harvest. We're going to be ready when the world comes knocking. We're going to have a house prepared for them. And it's going to be the house of God and the glory of God will be there. As the music begins to play, I want to tell you that I've prayed many times in my life for the glory of God to be revealed. I was on the phone today with uh, Brother Johnson, who I love very much. He spoke into this church and will continue to. We begin to discuss the glory of God and how that it works. When the glory of God is manifested, people are healed, diseases are healed, all of those things. But the Lord spoke very clearly, and Brother Johnson and I were discussing this today. The reason why the glory of the Lord has not been openly revealed is because when His glory is revealed, not only, not only are people healed and cancers delivered and things of that nature, but when it is revealed on an open level, He has to judge on matters when His glory is revealed. It's what happened in the first century church in Acts the fifth chapter. When a man and a woman lied to the Holy Ghost. That's why Peter was so confident to say you've lied to the Holy Ghost because the glory of God had been revealed. Not only was the church being multiplied, but there was also some subtraction because when His glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, He doesn't just heal, set free, and deliver. He also judges on a matter. I'm reaching out to you tonight. Let's wake up, church. The seal is being broken. The seal the seal is being broken I love you I'm praying for you may God richly bless you church